Hi, uh, welcome to the McLaren Fans Podcast. Um, my name's Andy Donnelly. I'm a McLaren fan and uh, a, a, an expert in gravy, apparently. Uh, and joining me today is Sarah Merritt. Uh, Sarah, Hello. can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure, Andy. I'm I'm a McLaren fan too, and I guess that's why we're both here to to talk about all things McLaren together. Yeah. So the idea of this podcast is to kind of cover everything McLaren in Formula One, touch on a little bit of IndyCar and any of the automotive stuff and any of the news that's been in the past week or so since our last one. However, what we're really looking at is trying to get some of the fans out there involved and, you know, kind of get your views on what has gone on at McLaren, what's been happening, what you've enjoyed about races and anything else that's happened in the last sort of uh week or two since the last podcast so um we'll be letting you know how to get in touch with us at the end of the podcast and um yeah so without that let's get going um obviously we're just on the end of uh, the weekend of monza and yeah as a mclaren fan um sarah and myself i think we're very very pleased with what happened this weekend aren't we <laughs> Uh, uh, please would be an understatement, I think. Yes, yes. This is uh, this is the kind of result we've all been waiting for through the good times and the bad. We're here supporting the team, but let's face it; these are the moments we love. Exactly, and you know, uh, a couple of couple of things there is, you know, it's really good to see sort of Carlos actually get um, his his podium that he deserves and actually be on there. Uh, you know, yeah. an hour yeah. and a half later. <laughs> like last time uh, even yeah he's not got he's not got a there. he's not got a hand me down uh, trophy this time he's got it for real and uh, I think the team you could see in their faces yesterday when they were looking up at him it wasn't just a moment for Carlos it was a moment for everybody and it was brilliant to see yeah and you know there was quite a few um, shots that cut back to the garage and, you know, you could see the team members there looking very anxious, very nervous, uh, but also quite excited. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've got to admit, I was sharing exactly those same feelings sat at home watching the race. <laughs> uh, it was probably the most nervous I've, I've been watching a race for five or six years, maybe. Um, you know, I've, I've obviously followed McLaren for a while. Um, and, I, you know, been some, lucky enough to be to some races and seen them win at those. But this is something else because of where we've been for the last sort of five or six years. The, it felt special, if that makes sense. Yeah, it really did feel special. And I think the nervousness comes from we're all, we're all measuring, measuring our expectations and, and trying not to get overexcited just in case something happens. You know what they say, Andy, to finish first, you must first finish. And I think in our minds, we think something's going to happen and take that away from us at the last minute. But, but it was great to see Carlos cross the line. And let's face it, let's not forget Lando as well. Fourth, still really good. It was uh, yeah. a, an excellent pair of results and an extra, excellent haul of points yesterday. Yes, exactly. And, you know, if we look at um, the whole weekend, um, you know, I've got, I've got the placings down here. And we were strong. We were top 10 in every session. Yeah. And, yep. you know, that, that to me shows that we're, we're doing something right and progress is really being made. And, you know, this, the, 
while it's great to get a podium and everything else like that, the actual strength at a, at a track like Monza, where traditionally I'd always think, ah, we're not going to do that well. We're always a bit limited on power and everything else like that. To, to, to be top 10 in every session um, really just shows that we're doing something right somewhere. And I think, you know, one of the things that I would say is I'd mark out that uh, obviously uh, Andreas Seidel uh, joined the team uh, a little while back. And I think, you know, big changes have come because of that. And I think we're starting to see the fruits of his sort of leadership coming through now. Definitely. I agree with you there. I think things feel more organised. We still like we're having regular progress, not just the odd bit where we luck in on things. This was genuine pace over the weekend. Uh, and that's really what we want to see because it really feels like we're moving forward. And of course, it's taken us back to third place again in the constructors, which is brilliant as well. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that, that's great. You know, I was, I was looking at um, how many points we've got. Uh, we're on 98 points for the season so far. Um, you know, we were only uh, 46 points off what we got in total last year. And, you know, we're seven wow. races in. So uh, if you look at it like that, and, and obviously the races are completely different this year and everything else like that. But, you, you know, we'd, we're consistently better than what we were last year already looking at the if we look at stats like that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really good to see. Really given us all a boost, and I hope it's giving the team a boost as well. You know, it's a real positive cycle for them. Yeah. So let's, um, let's get into uh, a, a couple of things here. So um, let's just talk a little bit about um, Monza itself. Um, I know that you've been. Um, I, I've been uh, a number of times as well. Uh, it's one of my favourite tracks to visit for a number of reasons um, but obviously we won't mention the, the toilet facilities uh, the, <laughs> um, yes yes I thought they were showers yes. they no, look more like toilets. showers more like showers yeah um, just obviously you, you've been to to Monza uh, can you give sort of uh, any, anyone who's listening out there sort of a flavour of, of what it would be like to go to sort of the Italian Grand Prix. And obviously this weekend we had no Tifosi or any fans uh, there, but obviously um, the weekends that you've been, you know, they've been there and it's uh, it's been a uh, sort of, you know, a good experience, obviously. Just uh, if you can give us a bit of a flavour of that, it'd be great. Sure. So um, it's worth remembering that the Monza circuit is surrounded by the old original circuit as well. So one of the highlights of, of going there is the fact that you can see the old banking and, and get close to that. As you walk around the circuit, you actually walk under lots of places where it looks like you're walking under a bridge. But when you look up above you, you can see it's some of the old banking. So you really can get that close. Um, Monza circuit itself uh, involves a lot of walking it's a place for comfortable shoes because let me tell you there's some interesting places to walk around and look at throughout the circuit we even found a church in the middle of the circuit at one point um, which you know all, all of these little things make all our circuits different that we go and look at we've mentioned the toilets of course um, there are food stalls scattered around all the way through it um, it's a really great place to go with a group of people and meet up 
Um, and, and we talked about the Tifosi. Um, and when we last went, Fernando had joined our team and it made our, our pit walk rather interesting. To say there was an atmosphere at our garage uh, is an understatement. Um, we nearly got crushed, I think, um, because they were all still Ferrari fans, still coming to see Fernando whilst he was driving for McLaren as well. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting place, um, a lovely town as well, um, and I'd highly recommend. Oh, one thing I should mention, Andy, of course, is the tickets for the race are incredibly good value. Um, there's lots of places where you can sit and get a ticket for, for €150, Euros, say. So it's really worth travelling. for the race day or is it for the full weekend? For the full weekend, to sit in Parabolica didn't cost more much than much more than 150 euros when I went. I also believe there's an excellent grandstand in front of the main grandstand where you can sit on benches. That's really good value. So you have the same view as the main grandstand, but you're not in as comfortable a seat, say. But it's worth it because you're there when the grid forms up. Yeah, I would just say if you're sitting there, don't get stuck under a flag like I did one year. Um, it, it adds to the atmosphere. You know, this but sometimes is... you can miss things on track. <laughs> <laughs> this is the trouble with a podcast. A picture would speak a thousand words at this moment, Andy, and we don't have that picture to hand. But if you can all imagine everyone listening, Andy having the Ferrari flag passed up over his head, being held around him by Ferrari fans. Unfortunately, he couldn't see through it and see the track action. Um, but he was part of that amazing atmosphere at Monza. Yeah, I would say that certainly um, the Tifosi do make it a great atmosphere and they're very accommodating to other fans as well. They are Formula yep, One fans, yep. first and foremost, and very passionate about Ferrari and while, you know, you can have a good chat to them and everything else like that, they are there to see Ferrari win. Um, but they, you know, they're welcoming and, and everything else. You know, there's no, I've never felt that there's been any atmosphere or anything else like that. It's very much um, a celebration of Formula One and history as well. You feel the history at Monza. So, okay, let's, uh, let's move on to sort of discussing the race and what you kind of thought about that and everything else. So um, I kind of, you know, one, one of the things for me was uh, our starts were brilliant this weekend, not just on yeah. the uh, sort of race start, but on the restart as well. I thought we got yep. some great yep. starts um, and they, they, you know, they're probably made us a few places up in their own right. I think so. I think especially the the start of the race when Carlos got away and Lando as well, you could see that they'd really done their best there. Their reaction times were quick. And I did hear an interview with Andreas saying that Carlos is consistently one of the fastest starters from the statistics that they look at. So that's really good to hear. Yeah. I mean, if you can if you can get that nailed, then you've, you've got a really good chance. The, the fact that we were pulling alongside Bottas in the Mercedes pretty much straight away was, yep. you know, I, I, I was I was very let's just say excited about that. Uh, um, and you know, it's, <laughs> edge, uh, edge of the seat stuff. <laughs> absolutely, edge of the seat. Um, yeah, and then to see us actually hold that place as well. Um, you know, with by a decent margin as well. Um, at one point, I think yeah, we were running yeah. second and third. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, I was I was slightly worried about. I think Perez was behind us at that point. 
I'm slightly worried about that. I could have been Stroll. I'm not sure. One, one of the tracing points, anyway. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, certainly, um, you know, I was slightly worried that they might get past us. But uh, after a few laps, uh, 10 laps in, we were kind of uh, look, looking like we were holding our own. Um, yeah, definitely. I think I think there was a fear that that I think it was Perez was was gonna was gonna take overtake Lando, um, and Lando was looking to make himself very wide and make sure those opportunities weren't there. But given give it a few more laps, and there was Lando gapping to to Perez, so that that wasn't such a worry anymore. Yeah, I, 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 one one thing I'd like to touch on. I think Lando is a different driver to what he was last year. I think his confidence is way much higher in his ability. Than it was, I think. I think. So. I think. I think. I think you're right there. But one thing that does bug me a little bit with Lando, as much as I love him, uh, is I see interviews where he really is down on himself. He's so hard on himself, and I want to reach out through the television screen and go, "No, Lando, you're doing a really good job. You're doing so well. Don't criticise yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself." And yeah. I just wonder if that's the way he pushes himself. Maybe it is. Maybe that's what motivates him to sort of do better um, and kind of, yeah. you know, sort of push himself a little bit more, like you say. Um, yeah. yeah. So it was it was an interesting race. I mean, we had the sort of uh, safety cars come out uh, because of Magnussen. Um, and obviously that led to a, uh, Lewis pitting and Giovinazzi, I believe, went in as well under... Uh, under the when the pit lane was closed, um, yep, and that kind of helped with a little bit of an advantage for us. Um, I think we were actually leading the race for a, for a lap at that point, which I think is the first time we've led a race since twenty fourteen, is it? Yeah, they were certainly reading out a lot of stats saying I think it was Jensen that last led a race for us. Um, and it was certainly 2014. I think I think Crofty said it was hungry, um, but yeah, it was it was <coughs> it was one of those moments, Andy, where I was screaming at the television, thinking, "Oh my God, stop the clock now!" You know, this is this is the position we want to be in. Yes. Um, and yeah, there was a there was a bit of a confusion, wasn't there? We now know that Lewis entered the pit lane um, whilst it was closed. But for the first couple of minutes after that happened, even I was sitting here thinking, why haven't we pitted? And I don't think at home we realised that the pit lane was closed as well. Um, so it just goes to show, doesn't it, that in that in that moment, in those few moments, there can be a lot of confusion like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, maybe it would be interesting to hear from the team whether they knew that had happened or, or not. You know, obviously there's... Uh, Alfa, Alfa Romeo and, and Mercedes didn't notice that. Um, it's quite, quite a rare thing yeah. to happen, so you can kind of understand that. Um, yeah, uh, and obviously then that, uh, you know what they say, that um, uh, yellow flags breed other yellow flags. And then we had uh, Charles Leclerc going to Parabolica, uh, and that was a big crash. That was a massive crash, and it just goes to show how, you know, the safety of yeah. his when he when he got out and walked away from that. Um, but yeah, you know, that kind of then tipped the race on its head a little bit more again, um, along with Lewis's uh, penalty. Um, so at that, at that point, we were in, a, a, you know, a decent position. I think we were seventh and eighth after the safety car restart then. Yeah, was it? 
Seventh and eighth or sixth and seventh? We were, we, and were seventh. we were a little yeah. way back. Yeah. Yeah. But people but, were starting to say on Twitter, people were starting to say, what's going to happen now? Who's going to win it? And I think during that period, I saw five or six different people being quoted as now they're going to win. Now the race is in their hands. Even Bottas, you know, um, there was a lot of thought around that. And my thoughts as a McLaren fan at that moment were, oh, no, it's not going to happen. We were doing so well. Is it not going to happen today? And I think we're, we're really conscious and we manage our expectations. Um, so it was just so good to then see after the restart that we were moving up and we were going in the right direction again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, I think once we passed a few of those cars, I think we were uh, certainly holding our own. Um, I, Certainly, uh, Lando holding Bottas off uh, for the rest of the race was, was pretty impressive. Um, and yeah, it was a case of uh, for Carlos that the one more lap, one more lap, and we might have been there. Um, and yeah, but you know, if you'd said to me before the race, here's a podium and a fourth place with a second in a fall, I would have totally taken that. I mean, that's 30 points we gained in the Constructors' Championship. That is hell of a good yep. haul for us. So, you know, we've got to be over the moon about that. It's really, really, um, you know, while we were probably slightly disappointed at the checking flag that we didn't just get Pierre, but, you know, um, I think he deserved, he, Pierre deserved the win. He, he, you know, the, uh, he did I would agree, right. yeah. You know, um, we nearly got there. He, he did. He we nearly got there, but it was that radio message between Tom Stallard, or Tommaso, as he's now known on Twitter, yeah. and uh, and Carlos, where you really got the feeling that Carlos was, was not happy with second and he was going to give it his, his all. And, and from that point of view, maybe just one or two more laps and we might, have, we might have had that win. However, just like you, I'm so happy with second and fourth. You know, that's almost as good as a win for me. Uh, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just where we've come from. You know, in the Honda years to where we are this weekend, I think it's it's yeah. amazing. Absolutely, world of difference, isn't it? And you know, um, yeah, yeah, we we we're we're very very happy. And uh, but let's let's hope it continues. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. obviously, um, there you go. It's good to see us on a. Uh, Carlos on the proper podium and uh, getting the trophy in that. Um, I thought that we're, you know, Monza one is, is one of the greatest places for a podium, normally got all the fans underneath and everything else like that. And it kind of lacked a little bit of atmosphere because of that. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I think the, um, uh, the, the, you know, the, definitely without the fans being there at the track, was um, you know not not the not the best sort of atmosphere for under the podium. It's normally um, crazy underneath there, um, but yeah, it was good to see Carlos on that second step, uh, and it's good to see the team yeah. sort of underneath giving them a bit, bit of a cheer and everything else like that. Um, yeah, and then obviously we've had a a number of sort of videos and bits of content and everything come out from the team after that of the celebrations afterwards. Um, you know, and, and, and Lando dropping the bottle of champagne and breaking it. Uh, Lando dropping your bottle, yeah. Yeah, 
He'd, uh, his traditional champagne celebrations didn't go the way he wanted to on this occasion, did they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, right, let's, uh, let's One thing on I would just like to mention, now. Andy, though. Yeah. It was, is, is the, the double stack pit stop that we pulled oh, off yeah. yesterday. We did, didn't we? Now, yeah, let's... Yeah. Let's not forget that one. Um, I believe both of our pit stops were identical times I read today. And that that shows real consistency from the team. Um, And we were the second fastest pit stops across all of the teams in the pit lane. So a big round of applause to the pit team for that. Excellent work there. Excellent. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Work has been done to to improve them. And let's uh, let's hope that continues because we're looking strong there. So... Yes, good, good shout out there. Definitely. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's have a quick chat about a few of the bits and pieces. So, um, one of the things uh, that we had this weekend was the removal of party mode, um, so to speak. <laughs> uh, I I kind of felt that Red Bull were the biggest losers out of all this, um, and we were possibly the biggest gain. But I think it's just a bit too hard to tell just yet who's actually won and lost out of that um, given given where we were and everything I think a couple of races in you might see where it really is and who's really had uh, issues with it or anything like that so yeah I mean it it was something that I think people thought was going to hurt Mercedes but it's been quite apparent over the weekend that it hasn't um, but, but yeah of course we're at Monza so it'll just be interesting to see what it's like another one yeah um obviously we've got um uh is it Mugello next uh ferrari's track you would expect yeah them to, it's to the be, ferrari test track you'd expect them to be pretty good there but i'm not holding my breath that they will be uh they might have the data but i don't think they've got the engine power um so one of the things that we're going to do on this podcast is um, we're going to try and get some uh, McLaren fans on and uh, basically get them to go through uh, a, you know a few sort of things of you know uh, why they're McLaren fans and, and you know some uh, some questions and everything else like that so I've got some since you're on for the first time Sarah and uh, you know we'll be coming back as a host hey. and everything um, I've got some questions here for you so uh, obviously we know that you're called Sarah. Um, you yes. have a Twitter handle or anything, Instagram, anything you want to shout out? I do. I uh, My Twitter and Instagram handle is Sarahware. Um, and when I travel to races, I have that on my banner that I take with me. So if you keep a, a keen eye on the television when we're allowed to travel again, you might one day see my banner on the pit straight. Who knows? Yeah. And I believe you're based in the UK. Is that right? Yeah, I live in Chelmsford in Essex. Um, so I am an Essex girl, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> fair enough. So um, just uh, tell us how you kind of became an F1 fan and a McLaren fan. Well, um, uh, it's my dad's fault, really. Um, as a child, I used to sit and watch the Formula One on a Sunday with my dad. Um, and uh, he used to get very excited, screaming and shouting at the TV for British drivers. Um, he also was very keen in following McLaren, um, but he had a, a bit of love for Nigel Mansell at times as well. 
so yeah so it was it was it was part of my childhood that on the Sundays the TV would be on he would be watching the Formula One and I would hang out with him and, and watch the television and I guess um, as I've got older that that love of Formula One has just changed shape slightly because now it's become more of a uh, a way to meet up with people I've met on Twitter, like-minded fans, like yourself, Andy. Of course, yeah. we met on Twitter, didn't we? We did indeed. Yes. And uh, and and also to to go travelling and go to different places. It's it's given me a lot of opportunities to travel. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've been to quite a few places. What are the sort of highlights? For you being a McLaren fan, um, you know, but maybe re- a recent one uh, is obviously, you know, this weekend, I guess. But you know, um, what else <laughs> is a sort of a, a highlight of being a McLaren fan? What could you say that's stood out? Well, I think I, I think the the most important first thing that that touched me as a McLaren fan would be uh, the first time I visited MTC and a lot of people find that very emotional it's somewhere they've always wanted to go they'd entered all the competitions they've tried so hard to get there so when you first visit the McLaren Technology Centre and you are driven around the lake in the minibus that they bring you from the car park in you drive around the lake and you approach the end of the building the H block area where they have the show car and Bruce's Austin and uh, the last time we were there Carlos's trophy as well was in a in a case at that end of the the building the 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 glass electric doors open and you walk forward and you just see the boulevard sprawling in front of you like every imaginary uh, site that you've had because you've seen the photos and you've seen it online yeah that's that that makes you well up a bit um it really does um but i guess in general moments that have been really good for me are uh, i've been to many different races many different events you know like the auto sports show etc etc meeting not just the current drivers but the 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 drivers across the history of the team such as emerson fittipaldi alan prost john watson Mika Hakkinen, that's that's an amazing thing. Being recognised by our team and being given a Papaya membership was something that was amazing for me. And and yeah, it's just it's just there's moment after moment, it never stops. You know, even every time the team like our tweet or put us on the the fans like no other wall, it all feels really special. It, it feels like we're really part of something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So. What's what would be sort of the favourite race that you've ever been to then? Well, that's a tough one, Andy, because I've been to so many different places now, and they all have something a bit different. I mean, we go to Barcelona every year, apart from this year. Although I did go to testing this year, but I have to say that just because of its significance, um, the thousandth Grand Prix in China that I attended last year has to has to be a standout. We've got to meet so many Chinese McLaren fans who who might be listening to this podcast. So hello, Charlie. Hello, Janice. Um, and and going over to Shanghai, staying in the hotel where the team was staying, attending the race, um, and then doing further travels around China that 
this trip to the race gave me the opportunity to do. It was just amazing. You know, the race wasn't the best race for McLaren. I think we all know that. But let's just brush that one under the carpet because it was an amazing weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, um, I think that's the thing. You, you know, you've obviously been lucky enough to have some of these experiences. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to try and bring some of those uh, experiences across over the next sort of uh, podcast that we do and things like that. Um, slightly off your beaten track of questions that I said I was going to ask, I've got some more here for you. So, oh, uh, surprise questions. Surprise <laughs> questions. Yeah, so um, obviously uh, what I want is just a one kind of word answer for these, right? Oh, it's a two word. So worst and best, right? So worst and best track that you've been to. Worst. Uh, see, it could be spa for both answers there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. Um, I mean, I guess you've got the weather. Yeah, it could be spa for both answers yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. But, but actually, best track, let's say Hungary, because that's an amazing place to go and I love it there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on to something that's obviously close to my heart. What's the worst and best food you've ever had at a track? So when you go to Monza, they sell these amazing arancini rice balls that are the the size of a pear. They're amazing. Uh, They give them to you in a napkin. So you're just given this rice ball, which which either had melted cheese in the middle or a bolognese sauce. And they were just outstanding. Yeah, I've had them. Worst food at a track. I guess worst food at a track is probably somewhere like Silverstone because it's just... It's just crappy takeaways, isn't it? It's not, you know, it's not got... At least when we were in Monza, I felt like we were eating proper Italian food. But, but yeah. yeah. I, I think I know, just as a sideline, though, I know what your worst food would be. How's your, how's your chip pizza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day yeah. I will go back to Italy and actually have a pizza that doesn't have french fries chips on the top of it and hot dogs but there you go that's, that's on my to-do list um yeah so uh what's the best bit of team memorabilia you've seen at a track and what's the worst that's a toughie oh, this one but i like memorabilia. it now yeah. you can't see you can't see, guys, because I'm I'm not on video, obviously. But I'm looking around my office at home now, which is my my F1 den full of memorabilia. Oh, I don't know. I guess I guess my favourite bit of memorabilia that I've got has to be something that my friend Rachel brought me back, which was a Jensen button hand puppet. Now this came from Japan. And and they make, as you know, lots of amazing memorabilia. Um, so she brought this back for me. I've never been to the race in Japan. I'd love to go one day. So we will add that to the list. But yeah, I, I have a Jensen button hand puppet right in front of me right now. Um, if only this was a video cast. Well, we might, we, we <laughs> that would be my favourite. Put it alongside somehow. Yeah. yeah. Did you say a worst piece of memorabilia? Yeah. Yeah. What's that like? What's the worst thing you've seen that you can't like kind of seen at the track and gone, I can't believe they're trying to sell that to people and they've stuck a team badge on it or something like that? 
it's more um it's more the stuff the tracks do themselves like circuit to catalonia or uh, yeah. hungary or, or silverstone they sell some really boring merchandise which i guess they probably think is great but compared to the stuff we've seen in other places um yeah. it's not that great so so probably you know like a a, a pin badge or a, a a wristband or something of that like you know um, what I really do love to collect at, at tracks, though, is most people do a keyring or a fridge magnet shaped like the circuit, and and they're something I always look out for wherever I go to try and buy a keyring shaped like the circuit outline itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Pretty, you can always pick something like that up, can't you? Right, um, that yeah. kind of wraps us up for this week. Um, so, one last thing that um, I think we're going to just cover is uh, obviously it was the last weekend for Williams and um, you know they've been around in the sport for ages and it's very sad to see them sort of uh, go but you know I wish them all the best of the future um, and uh, you know um, I think they will be back up there at some point in what form who knows um, I just hope they don't name, name the beginning of the, the new team or whatever with the name Alpha uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the A teams, all the A all teams. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can on Twitter, and you can get hold of me at @denali, and you can get hold of Sarah at at Sarahware. Yeah. Uh, and also, if you've got any stories you want to talk to us about or get in touch. Um, you can email us on mclarenfanspodcast at gmail.com and one last thing that we're going to just touch on is say congratulations to Ray Tex Rowe who is uh, McLaren employee number 8 uh, who yeah. is retired after 55 years um, 55 years wow at McLaren wow yeah so um, yeah you know um, he's worked in the gearing department for a couple of days a week since 2007 He's 82 years old. I mean, that's some going. Um, but it begs the question to me, who's the next employee? What's their employee number? And what do they do? So tune in next time <laughs> to find out. All right, guys. Thank you very much. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Cheers. Bye.